Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Welcome to our series, The Best Soul Talks. We have been having members of our Soul Shepherding team introducing their favorite podcast over the years. And I am so excited um, to talk to you today about my favorite podcast, How to Love and Lead with Jesus. I'm Jessica Stong, Director of Operations and Programs here at Soul Shepherding, and I'm so thrilled to be with you. And this episode is episode 207, and I love this so much, as it reminds us to keep tuned in to the spirit of Jesus as we live, love, and lead. So much of our lives is often focused on what we can do from, for God or what we can get from God. And yes, we get so excited about what we can do. We can get encouraged by that. But this challenge is that that can lead to us often depending on our own strengths or gifts, our abilities, depending on ourselves instead of depending on Jesus. And so we have this beautiful invitation to live, to lead with Jesus, not just for Jesus. And I'll be honest here, it's so hard for me to remember sometimes. I want to do all the things to serve Jesus, to serve God so well. I often will be like, Jesus, I've got this. No worries, right? But in this episode, Bill and Christy talks about that intimacy with the Father as our top priority, our first call, just like Jesus was able to be peaceful in trials, in dramas, through that attunement, through that intimacy. And so as they state and remind us that 90% of pastors have felt burned out, they say that every week they are fatigued and tired. And whether you are a pastor or whether you are a follower of Jesus who just wants to go deeper in your journey, we know that. We know that fatigue, that sign of slipping, that, that danger of burnout. So really the series that they, um, this resource series and this episode is really an ability to get back to Jesus, learning from Jesus, living with this Jesus, remembering that Jesus isn't our taskmaster, that you're going to hear that Jesus is that smiling, loving Savior who loves us so well, that looks at us with love. And it's real, a real heart experience versus and head knowledge of Christ. And so we just walk with Bill and Christy as they explain to us how they live and lead with Jesus. So I just... I just pray that you will enjoy this episode as much as I did um, and really reflect is on how we we walk with Jesus, with Jesus um, in, in our ministry, in our lives, in our leadership. Friends, we're continuing our series on preventing the hidden causes of ministry burnout. 
We're talking about how to re-soul, how to strengthen yourself in the Lord for your life and your work and your ministry. And specifically today, our theme is how to love and lead with Jesus. And the key word there is WITH. We put in all caps because that is the, the joy and blessing and power of our ministry. And whatever our work is, is as we learn to uh, develop habits of, of prayer and submission and gratitude that keep us tuned in to the spirit of Jesus as we do what we're doing. And Jesus called this an easy yoke. And that's something we often talk about is the easy yoke of Jesus. That's the theme of our book, Your Best Life in Jesus, Easy Yoke. And so today we're, we're going deep into one of our favorite subjects. Yeah, this is so important because there's a lot of emphasis on what we do for God. And we can get excited about that and we can get encouraged to do that. But the problem is it can lead to our depending upon ourselves and our own strengths, our own natural gifts and abilities. It's so good and important to do what we do for God uh, or to bring the kingdom of God. And we will hear this language often. The problem is that it's secondary. Yeah, well, even in marriage, Bill, I can get very busy doing things for you, shopping and getting groceries and doing your laundry, and there's no intimacy in that. If I'm just busy loving you with my actions and doing are, all these things Are you things saying you'd like you. me to, to shop with you more often? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I'm just saying a relationship can't thrive just on doing something for somebody. That's what I'm trying to communicate here. A relationship involves being with. Yeah, there was a time early in our marriage, uh, you're reminding me, uh, back in the, the days of uh, burnout bill, uh, <laughs> type A bill, uh, and you know, way overworking and not caring enough for my soul, and uh, when you you felt like you were like my maid, or my, uh, you were serving me, making meals and helping around. I mean, you were working, you had your career too, but you, you were doing double duty to help me and love me, but you weren't experiencing enough closeness and intimacy with me in those yeah, days. Yeah, I was frustrated. And I said, you could hire somebody to do everything for you that I'm doing as your wife. It didn't feel, it, I was burned out on it. It wasn't feeling rewarding. It wasn't feeling intimate. It wasn't feeling connected. And, you know, Jesus talks about this, and he only does what the Father tells him to do. Mm -hmm. He could have made his whole life about all he was going to do on mission for God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we call this our, our first order calling. So if you're a pastor or whatever role you're serving the Lord in, your first call is not to your church or your people. It's, it's to the Lord. It's to your intimacy with God. It's so important because if we're just busy doing it all for God, it leads to burnout. Yeah, and, the, and Jesus shows us this. And, and this is really my favorite part of our Easy Yoke book is, is all the Bible studies on the life of Jesus that un, unpack in, in many different uh, scriptures and contexts and stress points his intimacy with the Father and the priority that he put on that and how uh, the ways that he was able to be peaceful in uh, trials and traumas was through that uh, attunement with his Abba and the ways that he was able to be so brilliant, so loving, so powerful in healing people, so discerning in what he did. Again, it was his intimacy with Abba. It wasn't automatic stuff because he was the son of God. It came out of that abiding relationship that he had with the Father 
So Jesus is in the easy yoke of the Father, and then he's recommending it to us. Jesus is living in the Father's world of blessing that is so saturating and so powerful that it's actually easy for him to bless those that have cursed him. He is trained in this way of life, and he knows that it's much better to uh, give to the one who asks of you, turn the other cheek, have compassion for this person who even is treating you poorly, uh, because he's coming from strength. He's coming from, like we said in last week's Soul Talks, he's coming from a place of strengthening himself in God. Jesus, the Son of God, strengthens himself in the Father's love. And so this is speaking about the with God life and our intimacy with the Lord, and that is the source of our joy and our power for life. But we can lose that. We can begin to feel distant from God amidst all that we're doing and all the responsibilities that we're carrying, all the expectations on us, the people that we're, you know, trying to love and serve as unto the Lord, we can we can start to feel really distant from God himself. Yeah, and so if you're a pastor, if you're an ambassador for Christ that's communicating God's word, and we know that many of you who are listening are, uh, and uh, we want to just talk right, right to you here. And if you're not a pastor, this is still for you because you need to pray for your pastor and because you probably relate because you're in some other form of ministry. And we uh, have a, a page on our website on pastor stress statistics, and one of the st- we've been bringing those statistics in this series, and one of them is that 70% of pastors constantly fight depression. 70% of pastors have a lower self-esteem than when they started. And this is from being run down from working and giving and serving so much and in the context uh, of the ministry and neglecting our own soul, focusing so much on the soul of other people that we start getting depleted. And the discouragements that come from the, the failings, the rejections, the criticisms, the things that don't go well, uh, we just start to get um, more down and we start to get depressed and we start to feel like we're failing or we're not doing our best and we're comparing ourselves to other people who are, who are being more successful and so our, our self-esteem starts tanking down and these are uh, emotional or psychological symptoms of that, that lack of a, a soulful, thriving life with Jesus and his Abba. And then another statistic we have on our website, 65% of pastor couples feel their families living in a glass house. Like everything they're doing is, you know, visible to be seen. It's all, it's all being scrutinized and there's no privacy and there's no even time for this kind of intimate relationship with God in that, the, the pressure that they feel. Intimacy with God is a very private, personal thing. And when your life is so public, and especially today in the world of social media, I mean, anybody's life mm-hmm. can become really public. And yeah. there's a great opportunity in that to be a witness for Christ and to have uh, to foster some connections with people. But uh, so often it becomes about image and uh, show and not missing out and uh, ego and uh, where it's diminishing our our communication and attunement to the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we want to stay away from. So we have a story here that we want to share with you. And uh, you uh, pastors and uh, church leaders and folks in ministry will especially relate to this, but I think we all can. So the Washington Post published an article about the story of Reverend Howard John Wesley. 
from Alexandria, Virginia, and uh, his experience of needing a sabbatical because he was just worn, worn out as a pastor. And he shared this uh, in the Christmas season just this, uh, recently. And so this is the experience of a pastor. In his case, 30 years of preaching, 5,000 sermons uh, every day, something he has to do for the church, you know, available, uh, on call, uh, journeying with people through uh, many uh, difficult and painful things, as well as times of celebration, but emotional experiences is the point. Uh, four worship services every Sunday. You know, he's got a large uh, church. Uh, smartphones and social media constantly being available to so many people. Uh, just so many stress points that go in ministry. You know, it's just on and on, being on and off the phone for people at different points in time. And uh, leading, in his case, leading community protest marches uh, and uh, engaging with the, the culture that way in the community. Uh, being a chief executive in his church, you know, it, being a pastor is not what it used to be. It Mm-mm. used to be you're, you're a shepherd, a spiritual director, you care for people, and you're a teacher. In a small now, parish. Yeah, now it's that, and you're the CEO, yeah. you know, and, and if you're a small church pastor, you're maybe the person that fixes the copy machine yeah. and, and, and cleans the toilets mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, many diverse uh, skills like, like uh, farmers. Uh, so it's just so much that's on the pastor uh, in in this pastor's case, managing a multi-million dollar budget. You know, that he probably didn't get help with that in seminary. And then the constant temptation for just the addiction to, to approval. And so Howard John Wesley says, uh, he, he, and, you know, good for him for realizing he needed a sabbatical and, and uh, uh, being vulnerable about this. But he, he said from the pulpit, I'm tired in my soul. He said, I, I wrestle with God and it, and it leaves me tired. And he, and, you know, a nap's not going to fix it. And and this is the part that really, really got me that's right on the, the heart of what we're talking about uh, today. He says, I feel so distant from God. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest mistakes of pastoring is to think that because you work for God, you're close with God. Mm-hmm. See that, and we're going to, uh, this story is in our blog that came out today. Uh, we are putting out the podcast and the blog on the same day now to get those more synchronized because they complement each other. And so it's going to help you to go a little deeper when you, when you do them both. So we have the whole story there, but this really illustrates the challenges of, of ministry, uh, and, and especially being a pastor. And I mean, I've talked to pastors all the time. And these are the kinds of things, the kind of stressors that they carry and the kind of challenges that they feel being in this glass house and feeling distant from God and, and being tired, really tired. Uh, you know, 90% of pastors have burned out. 90% of pastors say right now, every week, they are fatigued and tired. And so that's, you know, being fatigued and tired continually is a, is a sign of, of slipping, Mm-hmm. Uh, like we were talking about last week, and you're in danger of burnout. And so we're really in this series on Resoul, just sounding the alarm like, okay, let's get back to our first love because we, we lose track of this. And, you know, I know how this feels, you know, leading soul shepherding and uh, caring for pastors. And, uh, you know, my work matters and care for a pastor. And, and, you know, he's got 10,000 people in his church. It's, that's a big deal. And so I'm the one person he's sharing with and being, being vulnerable with and, and you know, caring for a pastor who's 
planning a church and he's grown into a thousand people and you know it's a lot of work to get to that point but now he's in a whole new world and and that's a lot of stuff to juggle and you know where does he go to talk about what he's struggling with well sometimes it's coming to me and so and so I'm pouring myself out to these folks and leading our our, our staff and and you and I you know working together in, in these things resources that we're producing and there's just no end to the the good things that we can do and the people who need our care and and it's all so significant. It's such an honor to do the Lord's work. And, uh, you know, you might be someone that's uh, leading people to Christ. And it's like, you know, your cha- their eternal destiny is, is changing through your, your ministry, through your sermons or the blogs that you're writing or your, your ministry uh, to the homeless or on the streets or whatever it is. And so it's like, it's life and death. It's a big deal. And, and yet, if we don't slow down, if we don't remember our first love, we, we just start to fade and we're going to slide into burnout, but we're probably not going to realize it until we're, we're pretty far gone. Yeah, this is something that I, we're very vulnerable to getting caught up in all we're doing for God, all the responsibility we're shouldering. It's a, it's a kind of a weird thing to look at God as your boss. It kind of changes the relationship. It kind of puts a distance there, and you can project some negative things onto God. Yeah, when you're just working for God, especially if you see God as a taskmaster, and you know, uh, if you're like me and you're you're a driver, you're an achiever, you're ambitious, you've got a lot of energy. Uh, we're we're prone to sort of see God as a taskmaster. I mean, we don't probably believe that's the case because we know the scriptures and and we're, we teach a God that's. Uh, kind and forgiving and uh, compassionate and so forth. But, you know, without realizing it, we're maybe projecting the uh, expectations we have for ourselves and the demands we put on ourselves and the guilt we put on ourselves. We're sort of projecting that onto what I need to do for God in, in my service for God. Well, and even the expectations of the people. I know you and I even feel that sometimes where we're hearing people ask for things from us or our staff has ideas of things that, that we could be doing that they're energetic and excited about. And, you know, we don't want to disappoint and we can get caught up and excited in that too. And then there's the times when I'll start to kind of hit, well, wait a second, did God ask us to do this? Is this something that, you know, we're just doing because we can? Or is this something really that God's asked us to do and we're doing with him? Yeah, if we're not careful, prayer becomes sort of perfunctory or an afterthought. And so, you know, it's really important for this with Jesus life, this easy yoke ministry. It's really important that we are prayerful people. And that includes, uh, for sure, uh, focused, set-aside times of praying. But it also... It needs to include a prayerful attitude that is uh, we train to develop, and it's a it's a God consciousness, it's a God dependence, uh, Holy Spirit reliance, and it really transcends conscious prayer and gets us into the realm of unconscious prayer, where our our hearts, our our motivations, our habits for how we do what we do are getting tuned into slowing down, listening. And um, uh, wanting wanting God's purposes to prevail, and wanting to love the Lord right now. 
I was talking to a woman yesterday who works at a very large ministry, an important role, and she has hundreds of women depending upon her and in order to do what God's calling them to do. And she was just telling me how much she was dreading going back to work after the holidays because of the responsibility that's on her. Mm -hmm. And she was feeling all this anxiety about all the responsibility she carries. And as we were talking, I was asking her, well, are you aware that you're working with God? This isn't just something he's given you and asked you to do and you're all on your own. What would it look like for you to do this with God, trusting Mm -hmm. that he's at work, trusting that this is his field to plow and you're yoked to him. It was a whole new idea mm-hmm. that opened up there that what, and she said, well, how do I do that? Like, what are some, how, what are some tools? Like, how would I begin to do that? And, and that's a really important question because we can get this on an idea level and kind of feel like, oh, that just, that's a nice idea, but come on, really, I've got all this work to do, yeah. you know? And so I was so glad she asked that question. I think that's such an important question. I'm thinking back to seeing you a few seasons ago in the yard regularly, you were going out and picking up leaves in our yard one by one. And I was like, what's he doing? He's never done this before. Like, this is interesting. Now he's done this more than one day. Like this wasn't a one-time thing. And I was watching you do it. And then you told me you were praying because you were feeling cluttered in our work, our ministry, and all we had to do, like you had too much to do. And you were praying about, okay, God, what are these things that I have to do is not from you. Yeah. What of these things is distancing from you because it me from you because it's not of you. It's just busyness. It's clutter. And what have what have you asked me to do with you? Yeah, that was the beginning of our pivot, um, maybe a year ago, and I did that a, a number of times. And it's I appreciate you recalling that because it's a good example of what I've learned to do, and that's to pray with my body. So in this case, I'm I'm not just praying with my words. Of course, I am, but. Uh, there's not a lot of words being spoken as I'm lifting up those le- leaves and putting them mm-hmm. in the bushel, so mm-hmm. to speak. I'm I, I'm praying as I enter into this activity, and I'm making the activity a prayer. And my prayer is, Lord, show me. I I feel like I'm I, I have to do all this stuff, but I know I know that I you're not giving me too much to do. Mm-hmm. So what are you asking me to let go of? I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting that you're going to show me. Because that's central to this this pivot that we've been in is teaming with people and uh, getting more into our lane, our gifts, our zone, and and f- other people flourishing in their gifts and in their zone, so that you you put together and the whole is is greater than the sum of the parts. We're we're into the the kingdom of God math, where one plus one isn't two; it's a, it's eleven. It's a miracle. You put those two ones next to each other, and they make, they make an eleven. And that's what happens when we we partner in Christ in the kingdom of God, and that's something. The Lord's been teaching us, but this was a, an important part of that learning for me because in my personality, I feel like I need to do everything. I mean, I know I can't, but sometimes in my personality and my habits, I don't actually know that. So I'm picking up these leaves and I'm saying, Lord, you're going to show me what, what can I get rid of here? And, and the Lord's done that. He's answering that prayer. I mean, as we speak, there have been things that have been delegated and I have uh, more space and more energy. And, you know, I think that if, if we hadn't taken this transition that we've taken probably i would have burned out unless we would have mm-hmm. gone the a, a different direction that, that is another god ordained wisdom would be to say okay we got to really set some boundaries mm-hmm. here and and that would be another another way to do it in our case we didn't feel that was the road god was asking us to take 
Well, and another thing that's a practical how-to is from our breath prayer guides, just praying from Matthew 6, 13, while I'm doing something in your kingdom, by your power, for your glory, that reminds me that I'm working with God. I'm in his kingdom, in his presence. It's by his power, not my own. I'm not alone with it. And it's for his glory. It's I'm abandoning it to him. I'm not attaching my esteem to the outcomes, my ego to the outcomes, because all those things are triggers to cause me to be kind of disconnected and distant from God. If I'm not, if I'm attached to my own ego outcomes, if I'm doing it by my power, and if I'm not centered in his kingdom, if I'm in my kingdom, all those things set me up for distance from God. But if I'm doing it with him, then I'm connected to him and I'm not feeling distant. Yeah, it's the simplest tool, and and uh, we recently did a whole series of podcasts on breath prayers, on uh, simplicity, and it's, it's once you train to learn how to do these breathing prayers with scripture, it's it's uh, so helpful for integrating God's word into your life and learning this with God life of depending on the Spirit of Jesus as what we do, what we do, and. Uh, so yeah, another another tool that we have for you that can really help you because you know this is a, a big part of soul shepherding, friends. Is we we want to do what we can to put into your hands tools for your devotions and your soul care, and to be catalytic with you to help you be more effective in pastoring your church or leading your small group or whatever your sphere of influence is of, of ministry and and friendship. So we've got just a number of these scripture meditation guides. Or they're just you know one page sheets that you can copy and and, and pass out or uh, using your devotions, share with a friend, you know, with, over email or something. So we've got one from our Ignatian meditation guides, which is uh, a favorite resource because it it draws on using our imagination and how we uh, listen to God's word. And so there's the story in Mark 10. You might be familiar with the Jesus and the rich young ruler. And what, what pops out in that story is the line that Jesus looked at him, looked him mm. right in the eye, the, the, the man who has so much wealth and so much power and so much responsibility, you know, and I, he could be a, a pastor or a leader today. And he's just so earnest in, in wanting to, to be the best he can be. And the Lord looks him right in the eye and loves him. Love that. And can I right now just look Jesus in the eye and see he's looking at me and he looks right into me. You know, like he looked at Peter after Peter denied him and Peter wept because like he sees my sin. He sees ways I'm distant from God. He sees my brokenness, my pride, etc. But he loves me. That's the key because some of us, feel afraid to have God look right at us and in us because we miss that peace that he loves us. It's not shaming. We're afraid of feeling shamed. And I don't, you know, to, to know that Jesus is looking at us with love and have it not only be an idea, but a, a heart experience. Uh, so an important way to do that is through meditation on scripture. A complimentary way to do that is when we do that in relationship with Someone in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so this has been an exercise that, that we've done, looking each other in the eye, silent prayer, receiving the look of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, and something that we've done with uh, like the pastors in Mexico and other retreats that we lead, particularly when we lead uh, couples on a retreat. But 
guiding them and setting some time aside to share with each other, listen to each other, give each other empathy, guiding them in some silent prayer, holding hands for a minute, no words, look each other in the eye and see that as as Jesus' eyes of compassion. It's powerful. It's even been helpful to me just to recall the face of people in my life who I who have looked at me with love. You know, I think mm-hmm. obviously of you, but I, I think also of my mom and my sisters. I think of my friend Margaret. You know, I think of people who I have seen them look at me with God's love mm-hmm. in their eyes. And I'll I'll revisit that and that helps me to connect to God and remember that was you through my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your eyes of love. And just melt away our fear and insecurity, our frustrations, our guilt. Thank you, Jesus, for your empathy and your compassion. Help us, oh, Lord, to know that it's really true and to look you in the eyes and to draw closer uh, with you into the Father's love. And uh, we just pray for each of our listeners to make eye contact with you, to make heart contact with you, and to be strengthened in the soul of their leadership and their ministry, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to stay strong in, in following Jesus with joy and devotion all the days of our life, uh, overflowing with your love to the people around us. Uh, living in that overflow, Lord, because we are being saturated, our souls are being permeated with your gracious presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope that was a blessing to each of you. I'm so grateful for your time here, your time with us. Please know that should you have any questions, you can always find um, us on the website, soulshepherding.org, or you can contact me directly, Jessica, at soulshepherding.org. We're always here for you, always praying. So I'd love to invite you into a blessing, a prayer for you um, today, for each of you listening. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving us so well that you have taught us how to walk alongside you, how to lean on you, how to depend on you for our life, for our ministry, for our leadership. You are our holiest of examples, and we seek to learn to follow you, to learn to grow with you. Thank you, Spirit of Jesus, for always being present, always persevering for us. We love you and we praise you. And I just pray a blessing for each of our listeners. Father, you know what they need. Please be present to them. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 